Hello and welcome to Apa Ini. I'm uh, Elwin. I'm Piyush. And I'm Aditya. And we are Apa Ini. Alright, steady. Uh, so today it's a pretty solid solid topic. Uh, we, we, we previously talked about like friendships and all that kind of stuff. So, but today it's a lot more serious. We are suddenly back into the uh, more adult thing today, which is about uh, housing in general. Uh, so, so essentially, we're talking about BTO struggles actually or rather the entire process so i mean of course for our international audience <laughs> uh we are basically gonna share uh, like what is this thing called bto of course uh and also we have our two guests uh here today also they will introduce themselves later and then uh we'll know ask a lot more things about how it was for them and uh just a little bit of a conclusion after that so it's pretty pretty easy session today i would say but uh for prospective property owners in Singapore, do take note, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, to, to just kick things off, right? Uh, what is a BTO, Alvin? Yeah, so Mr. Harinas, <laughs> that's a very good question, you know. So like BTOs uh, are called built to order. So essentially, uh, in Singapore, it's a little bit different uh, when you buy an apartment uh, of, we call it a flat here la, for, for, for locals. And it's actually called built to order because these flats, uh, which are like probably 13, 14 stories tall or, or even bigger, uh, they only start construction when actually about 65 to 70% of these uh, units in the flat have been booked. Booked in the sense that that means you are ordering them in advance. So uh, that construction will only begin after that. And that usually takes about three to four years on default. And so the start time actually depends on when uh, we receive enough applicants. So the HDB is like the housing development board, which is the authority that controls all these things. So um, in general, that is, is what it means. And, and usually there are some conditions uh, and also the, there's also a particular like process also. So in general, um, for Singapore, because we are a small country, etc., we have a very dense population and limited land. So they, the government has basically started to use this balloting system so essentially, it's like a lot. You think of it as like uh, signing up for a lottery to get uh, uh to have a chance to get a unit. So nothing is guaranteed, um, and it only uh is based on chance, and also it can actually increase your chances to get a flat when you are, for example, a first timer. So there are a few different conditions, but the most obvious one is like being a first timer, or if you're like a like you're an old buyer, like above sixty five years old. So these flats are actually prioritized for Singapore citizens. Um, and it is sort of like, you know, to, to give our locals the houses first. So it's kind of like, a, that's where the priority comes in. Um, and all these, like, there's another condition, of course, is that it's to not to have any other properties like overseas or, you know, even locally as well. So that it, it is kind of like more fair in general so that people who are, who really need it will get it. The okay. real first-timers, right? Yeah, the real first-timers, like real genuine property buyers. So uh, along the way, of course, uh, another thing that we, we have to deal with is financing. So uh, for these flats, right, we don't pay in full, of course, and we actually do like a down payment. Uh, so it's like just a small percentage of the cost that you pay upfront, usually 5 to 10%, depending on what, uh, on depending on what kind of loan you get. Um, 
So for like, if you get a loan from the government, basically you only need to pay like 10% upfront if I'm not wrong. Um, but if you get it from a bank, like so-called private, then you have to pay more upfront, but they have a lower interest rate on the loan. So of course, in between the government says like, uh, government has actually thought of like introducing schemes to help subsidize the cost. So for example, if you are a married couple, you're a new couple, you're a first timer, or you have a lower income ceiling, you have a lower combined income, then they will kind of give you more subsidies. Um, on top of that, actually, in Singapore, a very interesting thing is uh, the racial quota. So essentially, because we have multiple races, of course, uh, cosmopolitan city and all that, we are we only limit uh, a certain amount of, uh, a certain portion of the units of each flat to a particular race. For example, uh, Chinese people, I, I have no idea what's the number, but basically Chinese people, there's quite a lot. So they, they don't give it 100%. They give it like maybe 65-70% uh, that can only be bought by Chinese people. So if it's exceeded, uh, no matter how rich you are or whatever, it doesn't matter. You cannot buy it. it means you cannot buy. It. Yeah. So um, that aside, all these administrative things aside, uh, it's been pretty okay over the years, like since independence and until now. And then um, we have a lot of trends going on recently, especially even like despite COVID and everything, people are still buying houses. So uh, I think some of the trends that are very notable is that uh, there have been a lot of complaints about like sizes of the house, um, meaning that the floor space has, has decreased uh, pretty significantly uh, since the 80s until now, especially. Um, so for example, if you live in an older HDB flat, you will notice that for a four-room, for example, it is actually a bigger space than another four-room that is built today. So um, that's the general kind of trend that's been happening. And on top of that, also, we have a lot of demand issues. So that means demand has also outstripped uh, quite a bit uh, over the years. So uh, we have mature estates and non-mature estates uh, to, to clarify. So... The, the mature estates are like the older ones, the ones that have HDB flats for many years. Non-mature estates are a little bit more like un, untouched kind of areas. So it turns it's out that there are a lot more, uh, there's a lot more demand for non-mature estates these days, despite um, the traditional popularity of a mature estate, which has, you know, the, the whole suite of uh, infrastructure available. So uh, numbers-wise, right, there's like, for example, 18,600 applications for three-room flats in a non-mature estates compared to just like 15,000 in mature estates. So it's kind of strange. And uh, basically that reduces the chances of getting a flat, essentially. And of course, the, the other thing is that um, in prime areas, so meaning things that are closer to the central business district, they have been uh, highly scrutinized in recent months. Um, I think there has been also legislation, legislation to kind of control that, to make it affordable enough um, for buyers. So uh, recently the government actually introduced um, some new regulations that include, for example, um, the resale buyers of, of these HDB flats in the prime areas, meaning resale meaning that you're buying it um, from a previous owner who, who did a BTO. They, they have an income ceiling of like not more than 14,000 a month. So that means basically like rich people cannot come in and buy these prime estates anymore. And um, there's also the minimum occupation period, occupancy period, sorry, basically how long you need to stay. And that is like uh, usually five years, but in the prime estate, they doubled it to 10 years. Yeah. So I've talked a lot already about that. Uh, you know, you can, you can just skip this part if you're not happy about it. Um, okay. But now let's introduce. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, let's uh, introduce our. Elvin's our... Sandwich monologue is over. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we'll introduce our guest, which is uh, Drew and Ellie. <laughs> so, hi guys. Maybe you guys want to introduce yourself first. 
So I'm Andrew, and I form the Drew part of the Drew and Ellie. <laughs> so yeah, we've been together for quite some time. So that's why we've been uh, applying for uh, BTOs and also looking at uh, uh, getting a new house. So yeah. hello, proud to be Hi, on, honored to be on Apa Yini. No oh, welcome, welcome. No, welcome. it's an honor for us. It's an honor for us. <laughs> um, Alison, how about you? Some introductions. Hi, hi. Um, hi everyone. I'm Alison. Yeah, I'm from the Ellie part of <laughs> Drew and Ellie. <laughs> right. So thanks, thanks, thanks for having us here. Very happy to be here. Nice, nice. So yeah, basically, uh, they they've been looking for flats like BTO and all that. So that's why we asked them out to to join us because uh, it will make more sense also for them to do it. Rather than three of us who are uh, homeless. <laughs> homeless, uh. Homeless. Uh, oh, okay, we are more homeless okay. than homeless. <laughs> <That's> all, uh. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, I think we'll just jump right into it and, and ask, uh, like, you know, how was it uh, applying for your BTO uh, so far in terms of your the whole experience, actually? Mm, sure. So maybe I'll start off first. So actually, um, we've been together for about, I think, five plus years, going on to six years, right? And then actually, uh, around the four-year mark or three to four-year mark of our relationship, we decided to apply for BTO, right? And that's actually back in uh, August 2020. That was our very first uh, BTO application. So since then, uh, every year uh, for BTO applications, there will be four releases, Um in a year. So since August 2020, all the way till now, uh, we have applied for a total of uh, seven different uh, projects. Yeah, so it's it's been quite a, a very long journey. Um, and uh, it's been quite frustrating because every time we applied, we, we, we didn't get a slot uh, to, to book a house or even uh, yeah, build a unit. Mm. I see, I see. So I think basically the, the ballot didn't really get to you, uh, essentially. Yeah. Mm, so correct. like for some for some projects, uh we we get queue numbers and some we don't get queue numbers. So basically if let's say the total number of flats available it's for example five hundred and our mm. queue number is uh above five hundred, so this means there might not be a chance for you to be able to select a flat. Great. Wow, okay. How is the, the whole process in terms of application? Is it very like convoluted for you or is it like still okay for each time you apply? Actually, it's rather simple because all you need to do, right, is to scan the your SingPass QR code. And then um, the applicant who is scanning the SingPass code, right, will have most of their um, details, personal details input in. So all you have to do is fill out the details of your partner's personal details and all. And then at the end of it all, you know, select perhaps, you know, what grants you are applying for or eligible for. And then pay up uh, $10 every time you apply for a flat. So... Uh, in total, right, we've applied for seven times, so I think we've contributed seventy dollars to HDB already. <laughs> no worries. Every dollar counts in the improvements of uh, HDB's processors. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, so what are the different stages actually of the processor? So you all pay the ten dollars for application. Then, only what's the next step? So if you get a lot, is it? Mm. Uh, maybe I can just start from the beginning first. So I think for BTO, there is some certain eligibility checks for us. But I think because uh, both myself and Edison, we are both Singapore citizens. So I think it's still okay. So I think the first one that we have to think about is uh, the citizenship. So for BTO, at least one person applying for the BTO needs to be a Singapore citizen. 
or at least one other person applying is uh, also can be a PR also. So yeah, need to be either Singapore citizen or PR. Mm. And also there's an income ceiling for applying uh, for a BTO flat and currently it's uh, $14,000. So basically both you and your partner combined income uh, per month cannot exceed uh, $14,000. Yeah, I think it might be slightly different for uh, third generation flats also. So basically third generation flats are like a special type of flats where they allow you and your extended family, like your mom and dad to live in the same flat also. Yeah. And next is also you need to be at least 21 years old to proceed with the application. And lastly, uh, you also cannot own any other residential properties. Yeah. So these are the eligibility checks, you know, that you need to fulfill before you actually proceed with your application. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm. So how about the grants? Is there a ceiling for that? Because you said 14,000 is for the eligibility for applying the BTO, right? Mm, correct. So 14,000 is just for uh, applying the BTO. Um, but for grants-wise, I think for BTO, there are a few different types of grants. I think the grants most relevant to us right now, um, because we just started working, right? And we don't have like a kid on the way and everything. I think it would be the Enhanced uh, Housing Grant. So enhanced housing grant, they'll give you uh, a grant uh, depending on your total income for your household. And it is in different tiers. Uh, so the more you earn, the more uh, the less grant you get. And I think it's kept at a ceiling of, if I'm not wrong, uh, $9,000. Mm. Yeah, combi- combined income. Uh. So if you earn more than $9,000, you won't be eligible for this enhanced housing grant. Mm. But I think also there are other grants out there. Um, perhaps if you're looking to purchase a flat near your family or your parents, um, there's a grant called the Proximity Housing Grant. So within four kilometers of your uh, parents' flat, if you decide to get BTO there, you also have an additional $20,000, right? So this is just BTO, but I think um, if you buy resale and, and other stuff, you have additional grants. Or if you have a kit along the way, you also get... Uh, do you have additional grant? I can't, I can't remember. Or if let's say your parents uh, decide to stay with you in the BTO as well, you have uh, more subsidies. Uh. Mm. Not bad, not bad. So I think speaking of all these financial stuff, so like when you were choosing your place, right, did what were the like considerations financially? Because other than all the grants, right? But then like were you guys worried about, for example, the down payments and like the financing? Because I mean you have to think of like paying back the loans and all that. So so how was the considerations for you guys? Uh sorry, you talked about paying the loans, is it? Uh more of paying the loans, like the long-term financial considerations. Yeah. I think if let's say you think about in the context of BTO, I think it's still okay because for BTO, I mean, and we, and we compare it directly to the other alternative, which is resale, correct? So BTO, the prices are actually a lot, a lot more subsidized compared to the prices around the comparable area. So for example, if let's say they're going to come up with a BTO in Topayo, and the, the prices at that point when they start the BTO launch, uh, they will also use, I, if I'm not wrong, they will also take into consideration the, the pricing of the surrounding flats also. But the, the pricing will always be a lot a lot lesser compared to resale, which is staying true to what HDB is trying to do, which is which, which is the whole point of having affordable housing that is uh, if available to the, the, the masses in Singapore. So yeah, so I think in terms of the financing part, on it's still alright, I guess, because there's also all the grants that uh, Alison just now previously mentioned mm. for the BTOs also. So, and also I think we have been working for quite a while. So I think the financial part is still not much. Yeah, like not so bad. 
Nice. It seems like you guys have it all figured out. So yeah, <laughs> but, then, but this is for BTO. Yeah, uh, understand. So like other than financing, right? The mm. I mean, I'm sure location is a, a huge factor, right? Because it's a property, mm. like you're gonna stay for long. So like, given that very limited launches and stuff, so how how was it like? Uh, choosing your location. What were, what were some of the things that you were worried about actually? Actually, in choosing a BTO location wouldn't be that big of a actually it won't be that big of a discussion as anyway because you know in a BTO launch you not normally have in one BTO launch like you normally have about four to five projects mm. and all of these four to five projects perhaps you have um two or three in a mature estate and then the rest in a non-mature estate mm. so normally the non-mature estates as well you know you don't have that many available amenities or sometimes also when you look at the BTO projects right they'll give you uh a rough estimate of where the the house will be or the, the the flats will be located at. So what Andrew and I normally do is you know look at the 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 location of the the house, see whether or not it's you know uh, close to any nearby uh, MRTs or any available transportation. Is it uh, close to town? Any of our workplaces? So I think those are our main considerations. And um, I think the project really differs from the desirability of the project really really differs from one place to another. And you can really tell because um, each project launch also, you get to see the application rates and your chances of actually getting the, uh, the flat itself. And you can see that for the non-mature estates as well, um, it is really a lot more desirable than the non-mature estates. So for example, I think in the past few launches, we had one in Dakota, right? I think it was about uh, for first timers, 30, 30 times over subscribe. Am I correct, Andrew? Uh, we'll need to check, but yes, the information <laughs> is available yeah. on my like, uh, Yeah, but basically very oversubscribed. Yeah. Okay. Right. Not yeah. much areas. Yeah, yeah, I think because that's where everyone wants to go to as well. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. So basically there's a lot of information already and and therefore it helps to like narrow down your choices much easier because like there's there's been a lot of stories, you know, like like your your my your fiance is in the West and then your you are staying in the east, and then those kind of issues start coming up. So it's quite mm. annoying, also when I hear that. And then it's like, is I think it, feels, it sounds very scary. But for you guys, I mm. think it sounds pretty chill. So like, as in um, the story that you just mentioned, kind of describes our 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 situation, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I yeah. stay in the west, and Alison stays in the east. So mm, so Elvin, you find it annoying? <laughs> oh no no, because like it's, from the surface, it's like wow, I have to you know you have to accommodate accommodations. Right. So. So so I think let's say for example if you apply for a BTO near your near your parents, right? You you will have an you have like a you have an increased uh chance of getting the BTO basically if let's say yeah, if let's say you 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 know you 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 apply near your, your family lah. But I think for us when we looked at BTOs, we always wanted to try to get something that's more central because as you have mentioned, we we stay on opposite sides of Singapore. So uh you know having something more central is number one fair and also I think it's in terms of connectivity is also a lot better yeah alright yeah I mean it makes yeah. sense like, like once you put all these factors together it's very easy to come to a consensus already in a way yeah mm-hmm. so yeah that's, that's great Uh, that's nice to hear so like I think one more thing to ask actually uh, since we're coming like more or less to the end already actually do you guys have any advice uh, for all these future buyers of BTOs or actually property in general actually yeah, mm. because I'm sure like Mr. Haridas and uh, Mr. Piyush would like to know soon. <laughs> ah, no, 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 don't know yet. No, no, nah, bro. I, uh, I think it's good to know for us, la, but yeah, still a while yeah. for us. We can tell other people, yes, yes. 
I think for BTOs, a little bit hard to ask us because we technically haven't had any success getting a BTO. <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of BTO, I guess it's really just apply in every single window. Yeah. Because you want to... Yeah, so like getting those easy, your chances yeah. also. Yeah. And it also okay. depends on what your ultimate goals are. If let's say your goal is really to secure a BTO in the shortest amount of time, then you probably shouldn't choose launches that are very popular. So you probably have to settle for non-mature estates like Tenga or Woodlands. Yeah. Woodlands, yeah. Yishun, that kind of thing. If let's say you really want to secure a flat like yeah. ASAP. Yeah. I agree. Mm. Okay, so uh, no worries about it. Uh, I think that's very yeah, just keep keep advice. going, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, this. Just, just keep trying, man. I think I think that's mm. a very important advice for our fellow Singaporeans out there. Uh maybe you might want to add on any questions, uh, my fellow brothers. Yeah, any questions about property itself doesn't have to be BTO because I think yeah. frankly speaking, um the success rates not very high. Like friends who applied for BTOs about like 11 times plus still no success as well. So mm. yeah, I can can look into resale as well if you are you know you guys are interested. Yeah. Actually, are you guys looking for resale as an option? Or you all like told yourself, okay, maybe like after 10 times, then you all will consider looking at the alternatives. <laughs> Yeah, so so yeah, I think we've, we've we've been yeah we've been looking into resale as well. So um yeah, we actually went to to view uh five 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 different flats. Yeah, the viewing process mm, has been quite fun so as well, fun. like stepping into into different people's homes as well, looking into the layouts and all, and yeah, getting getting to see how people live their lives. That that's been really interesting as well. Yeah, but I think so far I haven't found the one that that we really wanted like at the correct price point. So I think actually in buying resale flats as well, there's Way, 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 way more considerations um, uh, in, in purchasing the flat uh, because you have to look into the price points as well and the age of the flat and so many other things to consider as well. Mm. The prices are much higher, right? I mean, compared to your BTOs. Yes. So recently, the Straits Times actually had a, had an article. So HDB resale prices have been rising for the 21st street month. And compared to March last year, the prices are up by 12%. So resale prices... Right now, it's really very, 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 very high. Very, very, so, very, very, very high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so hopefully, we hopefully the government yeah. does something about it. Like, at, at perhaps have more yeah, additional measures as well. Yeah, yeah. Because ultimately, buying a HDB, regardless of whether it's a BTO or a resale, it needs to stay true to its original motto, right? Which is to be affordable. So mm. the so currently right now, I feel like it's really bordering on the almost not affordable. Yeah, you you you. I mean, you also you also see on the news, right? You see like, man, more and more HDB flats crossing the one million mark already. You know, last time when we were mm. young, one million is equal to okay, we maybe can afford a condo. But right now, one million, it just doesn't seem that high as a number anymore in terms of. I think it's like flats. Yeah. It's like a few people tossing money. Then after that, that becomes the level. Then yeah, correct. Yes, yeah. I think uh, hopefully HDB will engage in uh, some cooling measures uh, after hearing our podcast. So, yeah, hearing our wolves from our fellow Singaporeans. Uh, and yeah, but, them. yeah, exactly. You should just mm. take them. I mean, I'll probably build a relationship really at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you so much, Drew and Ellie. <laughs> no problem, and, no problem. Yeah, yeah, and like, uh, you know, for any uh, Instagram users, please follow their accounts uh, for <laughs> latest recommendations on activities. 
Uh, yeah, it's lit. It's lit, guys. Yeah, it's it's thank you for the promo. But yeah. I must make sure, but I must make known that we didn't come here to promote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> Just doing but a no little worries. bit of uh, service yeah. here. And, uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thank you guys again. And, uh, you know, all the best for your BTO journey and the property property journey in general. You know, I think uh, mm-hmm. we're looking forward yeah, to something thank new. Thank you very soon. much. Yeah. How's yeah, warming soon once we, once we get the. Actually, yes. Yeah, sure. 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 No worries. No worries. Yeah, I think hopefully uh, by the end of this year. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, that's yeah. fingers crossed. Uh, we we'll hear some good yeah. news and uh, you know, you can do some stuff at your house together. Housewarming is, I don't know, what stuff. So, what what stuff? Sorry, sorry. I see. Oh, can do housewarming. <laughs> I can leave a room bread, for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Room for Alvin. Okay. A guest room for you. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, uh, take care, guys. Alone, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, take care, and, and you know, for our fellow listeners, um, see you guys next time or so. For our next episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, goodbye. Yeah, I think good, <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. Uh,